Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. I want to begin to talk to you about rules. Rules. We have a lot of rules. Rules are boundaries that we need. And uh, I often find that when new people join church, they come and ask me, what are the rules? Like, what should I do or what shouldn't I do? We're bound to have rules. And even non-church people know that there is something about rules with church because they know about the Big Ten, probably called the Ten Commandments. And uh, so rules and uh, organizations have rules and they probably need them. And uh, nations have rules and uh, the state has rules. And uh, here's the thing about rules that we all tend to do. Uh, We all tend to see the rule as a line. And we uh, either get as close to that line as we can, or sometimes we might just go over the line a little bit uh, so we can get away with something or other without drawing too much attention to ourselves. We know that the rule is there. And uh, one of those kind of rules that uh, I think we've all kind of gone as close as we can or sometimes over it is this rule, the, the road rule. I do the, the drive from the Rocks Baldivers to the Rocks Cannington at least once a week, sometimes more than that. In fact, I did that drive this morning. And the Quinana Freeway, the, the, the speed limit is 100 uh, kph, and then I turn into Row, and that's 100. And then I turn into Nicholson Road, and as I was preparing this message, I thought I'd do that every week, and I haven't got a clue what the speed limit is there. And maybe I've done 80 thinking that's what it should be. And I checked it out this morning. I don't know if I did 80 or not before, but it was 60 this morning, and I stayed true to that, all right? And then Albany Highway, that's another 60. And then Cecil, I don't know what Cecil is. I hope it's 60, right? <laughs> apparently, apparently, I don't know if you thought about this, when you're in the 100 zone, you're actually not compelled to do 100, right? You actually have the liberty to do 80 or 90 if you wanted to. I've never wanted to. <laughs> but other motorists kind of impinge upon me and, and uh, kind of bring me down to less than 100, you know. I, I, I don't think I'd ever want to do 90. And sometimes, confession, I might just go a little bit over the 100. I, I don't mean to break the rules, but sometimes just a little bit over. Not a big bit, otherwise that would draw attention to myself and, uh, and the policeman might find me and that wouldn't be so good. So maybe just a little bit over. But whether it's speed limits or diets or uh, spending or whatever, our natural inclination, if, it's a, if that's a line, is to live and to move as close to the line as possible. That is the line between the legal and the illegal, which is breaking the speed limit, Uh, the line between the responsible and the irresponsible, Uh, the line between the moral and the immoral, Uh, the line between the ethical and the unethical, Uh, the line between I'm still in control or I need help. Uh, It's human nature to kind of snuggle up 
as close as we can to the edge of irresponsibility to disaster, embarrassment, and to stay there as long as possible. That's just human nature. And it's human nature to get by uh, with as much as we can get by with without being penalised. Hence the speed limit. And so we comfortably live on the edge uh, in many, many things. With, with dating. We live on the edge with dating. We live on the edge with spending. We live on the edge with eating. We live on the edge with drinking. We live on the edge with driving. We, we're just on the edge. And we convince ourselves that this is okay. Uh, if it's not wrong, then obviously it's okay, right? If it's not illegal, then it's permissible, right? If it's not immoral, uh, then it's acceptable. Uh, and, and if it's not over the line, then it's fine. And in fact, even if it's just a little bit over the line, it might be okay. Uh, now, I think you know that this way of thinking is, is not the smartest way to live and to think, and you wouldn't let your kids go down that line of thinking like that. Uh, you wouldn't have... You, you, would, you, would, you would coach your kids not to have that as an approach to life. In fact, anyone you care about, you would coach not to have that as a way of life. Uh, these set of assumptions are another way of saying, how far can I go without getting busted? Uh, uh, how, how, can, I, can I go to the line and over the line without getting busted? How unethical, how immoral, how insensitive can I be without creating unmanageable outcomes. How long can I neglect my family or my finances or my health without feeling negative effects? And it's a slippery slope, my friends, it really is. It's a slippery slope uh, because uh, it, 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 it begins by asking the wrong question. We ask the wrong question. The wrong question is, is there anything wrong with this? That's, that's the wrong question. And it usually leads to a second question, how did I get myself into this mess? How did I end up here? So rather than asking, is there anything wrong with this in our decision-making process, we need to ask what we're calling the maturity question. Uh, this message today is the fifth in our series, and it raises the fourth uh, question that we're, we're talking about in this series, Good Call. And so the, the, this fourth question in this series, uh, right at the beginning, right at the beginning for those of you who have tracked along with us for the whole journey, uh, we said good questions set us up for good decisions and better decisions place us in a place with fewer regrets. So for those of you who have been tracking, uh, the question one was the integrity question. Uh, am I being honest with myself? Really? Really? Uh, question two, the, the legacy question. Uh, what story do I want my life to tell? And your decision-making shapes your story. And last Sunday, as we were just reminded in the church news, uh, we explored the conscience question. Is there a tension uh, that deserves my attention. In, in, in the mechanism of my conscience, is there a tension that deserves my attention? Kind of a red flag, a red flag. So today is the fourth question in our series. This is the maturity question. 
And I just want to remind you of our uh, key verse that is kind of we're, we're, we're using for this series, Proverbs 27, 12. Uh, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So the maturity, maturity question, what is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Uh, the option that you're considering, we have, we have so many decisions we need to make, and the option you are considering may be legal, may be completely legal. Uh, it may be acceptable to everyone around you. It may be permissible. It may be not immoral. But yet, all of those in place, it still may not be wise. A decision may not be wrong, but still be unwise. Uh, a decision may not be wrong, but unwise at the same time as not being wrong. So what is the wise thing to do is the question that this message is wrapped around. And the Apostle Paul uh, spells this out for us in uh, his letter uh, to the Ephesian Christians uh, in this way about this matter. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are what? Evil. So while a lot has uh, improved since the first century, it seems that uh, ancient folks and today's people, whether you lived in Ephesus or in Cannington or Baldivas, wherever you might live, ancient folks and modern folks are equally prone to live carelessly and unwisely and snuggle up to the edge of the line. So the Apostle Paul comes along and says, stop that. Just stop that. He says, I want you to be careful how you live. I, I, want you to, I want you to be wise. And so our question is, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Paul writes, make the most of every opportunity. And uh, it, the, the New Testament, your New Testament was originally written in, in Greek. That was the universal language of the day and so the uh, apostles wrote in the Greek and uh, the New Testament Greek uh, literally the the, the Greek uh, phrase the Greek phrase make the most of every opportunity could also be translated redeeming the time and some of your translations will say that so how good it redeeming the time I would love to redeem the time if I could turn the clock back no, I want to go further back, the calendar. And I would never have bought that property that cost me a bundle. I would never have bought that. I would like to go back there and not buy that property. I would buy a different property. I would like to sell that property before I even bought it. I want to redeem the time. How good would it be if you could turn back time after a foolish decision and go back and make a better decision that has a better outcome? That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to come back. And so Paul is inviting us to invest our time wisely from this moment on. Think about it. Invest it wisely from today forward. From this moment on, he is inviting us to leverage our most valuable asset, our time that actually propels you forward to a preferred future. And he says this, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. They're not on your side. Evil day. We don't live in a moral and ethical 
neutral culture now, people. We just don't. Uh, advertisements are everywhere. I turn the TV on, I get advertisements. I go to Facebook, I get advertisements. I, 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 I go to Instagram and even Instagram, I get advertisements. Wherever I go, someone's advertising something. And they're advertising this because they want to sell me something. Or they want me to do something, to go somewhere, to entrap me into doing something or other. Uh, you will not often see uh, an advertisement that encourages you to be careful or wise before you buy a product. Be careful. Because you just never know what you're going to get yourself into. They don't say that. The only the one that comes closest to that, maybe, maybe, gamble responsibly, which I think is an oxymoron. If you're doing the one, the other's... So the maturity question, what is the wise thing to do? <laughs> Whatever it is you're doing. And, and I want to I give you a little grid, a little format to process this. Think about this. Ask the maturity question from three perspectives. Your past, your present, and your future. In the light of my past circumstances, in the light of my current circumstances, uh, in the light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Now, many of you will heard, I'm about to give you a little quip. It'll be on your screen, and you can see it there. And you'll have heard this before, and you probably even know who originally said it. Uh, but this is how it goes. Those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So I just want to give that to you again in a, a different format. Let me put it this way. Those who don't pay attention to what got them into trouble yesterday... <laughs> are liable to wind up in the same trouble tomorrow. Our, our point is this. Our, our personal past, our life, our decisions, predisposes us to specific temptations, to, to addictions and blind spots that are specific to us. Uh, not your neighbour, not your friend. Uh, what, what trips you up in terms of temptations and addictions and blind spots may not be a problem to your neighbour or your friend. So you go, that's wrong for me, but it may not be wrong for them. If you had a problem with alcohol, stay away from the bar. Don't go near the pub. Stay away from the bottle. Uh, if, you, if you had a problem with gambling, then I'm not sure why you're going to the Crown. It's probably not the place for you, you know. But your friend might not have had that problem, so it's okay for them just not okay for you. Uh, if you had a problem with chocolate, did anyone ever have a problem with chocolate? <laughs> anyway, you know the story. You may have a problem with these things while others do not. Uh, you have different things and they have different things that show up in their life or have shown up in their life than you have in yours, right? Some folk have had problems with anger. You say, well, that was never me. But some folk have. Some folk have strayed from the marriage nest. Uh, that, that's, uh, they have a predisposition for that. That's not you, right? Somebody else. Your past will indicate a predisposition to something that you need to factor in when you ask the question, what is the wise thing to do? This relates to all there is of life. Uh, financially, professionally, professionally. 
uh, academically, because of your experience uh, and bad choices in the past, what is the wise thing for you to do for your best future? And secondly, as you ask the question about the wise way forward, what's going on in your life right now? We've all got something going on. And uh, is your current situation, in your current situation, if your current situation is that you just got out of a relationship, it, 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 you know, it, it, is it wise to go and jump into another one? The stuff from the previous relationship, you know, uh, you're still dealing with emotions and unfinished business from that previous relationship. Is it wise? Ask the question. And the third and final perspective, in the light of your past experiences, current situation, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Now, people, I, I see a lot of folk making decisions, right? Now think about this, I have five children, I have 16 grandchildren, and I just inherited two great-grandchildren because my 25-year-old grandson, he's, he's in relationship with his partner and she brought two little kids to the equation and they try to call me great-granddad and they can't say it, they're too little, and so they call me Gigi. And I'm okay, I don't mind being their horse, you know, Gigi. So I think about these, I, I've got a tribe, right? You add all that lot up. Five kids, 16 grandkids, two great grandkids. That's, I've got a tribe for lunch on a Christmas day, yeah? I really do. And, and in addition to that, I have been now pastoring for 45 years, right? <laughs> what we got in church life is sheep and lambs, right? The flock, you know? You're all sheep and lambs. So that's a lot of sheep and lambs that I've had contact with and that the numbers don't seem to dissipate. What breaks my heart is watching these people, whether they're my family, my friends or my sheep or my lambs, making stupid decisions that are going to wreck their lives. And when I see that, I, it just breaks my heart. Because I know what they think. I made a dumb decision. I had someone in my, in my office. I had people in my And they, they made dumb decisions. And they think that dumb decision is just going to be momentarily impact their life. And then next week it's all going to be good again. They're going to be back to normal. Some of those dumb decisions are going to impact them for years and decades negatively. Breaks my heart. You think about that. It's, it's, it's not as if they're just, oh, that, we'll get over that next week. Some of them are, are not going to be like that at all. Now, I want to look at the future. You know, it's the, the past, the present, the future. That's the grid. The chances are that you have some idea of what your future should look like, right? You have a dream. You have a grandiose dream, perhaps. You have a mental picture of a preferred future. Uh, but your decisions now could wreck that picture, could wreck the picture of a preferred future. Poor decisions will not help you realize your dream. I want to say, please do dream big dreams. Have a dream for your life, for your family, for your future. Dream big dreams. But know this, life is stacked against dreams. And life is stacked against dreamers. Uh, life is hard on dreams. There is always a headwind against dreams. So what is, what is the wise thing to do? Let's diminish the headwind. 
What's the wise thing to do? The purpose of this question is not to stop me from doing something wrong. That'll be good if it did that. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to keep you from doing something unwise. This relates to your finances, your relationships, your family, your health, your future, just about anything. This is not just about what is right or wrong, what is legal or illegal, what is moral or immoral. It, it, it can be right, you know, it can be legal, moral and all of that, but still not wise because of who you are from the past and in the present. So where, where does wisdom begin? Let me finish with two scriptures for you and hope this is helping you. Proverbs 19, 10, 9, 10. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.